There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Syrup Cast. We are on episode 96. If you've never listened or in fact watched the Syrup Cast, this is a podcast about Canada's maple syrup industry and maple syrup thefts. No, dear listener and viewer, I'm lying to you. This is actually a <laughs> podcast about tech, which you would never guess from the name, but that's okay. This week, I am joined by my good friend, Rose Bihar. Hello, everyone. How's it going, Rose? Uh, very, very well. I just came back from New York City for the Snapdragon Technology Summit. Feeling good? Which we will not talk about today because we're just going to b- talk about the OnePlus 3T. I'm lying to you yet again. That's that's your like ideal podcast. Yes, just the one. <laughs> it should be called the Mobile Syrup OnePlus podcast. <laughs> also joining us is Jessica Vomera. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you, Igor? I'm good, thank you. And last but certainly not least, my good friend Patrick. What's up? Not too much. So we're just going to... We're going to talk about, what are we going to talk about? The Qualcomm news? Yeah, let's talk about that. So, guys, there's a new Snapdragon chipset in town. Whoa. By the name of 835. Why 835? Why not 830? Um, reasons. That, that reasons. That will maybe be revealed, maybe never. Um, maybe it was just to keep us on our toes, you know? Mm-hmm. Keep us guessing. So before you get into the announcement, lay lay the scene out for us. What was it okay. like rubbing shoulders with the Qualcomm Techno Elite? I mean, outstanding. So since, you know, people who listen to this podcast are probably people who also uh, nerd out on the internet and just read all the different mobile Never. blogs that they can. Um, it's probably just as exciting to hear that, like, I met David Ruddick of Android Police and like Dan Seifert from The Verge. And I hung out with Sasha Sagan from PC Mag. Did, and these are like my tech heroes. Did you talk to heroes. David Reddick about uh, the, the shower curtain in his hotel room? I did. <laughs> Were you following those tweets? Yeah, I was. So I, I enjoyed them. They were good. He had a, a chain link shower curtain uh, in his hotel room. And so did I because the hotel rooms were like weird Austin Powers sort of like uh, style 60s. New York like man lounges. It was strange, but it was great. Um, and he was just as hilarious in real life as you would think uh, that he is from his tweets. I mean, he is like he is his Twitter. Yeah. So for those who don't know, David Ruddick is the editor in chief. I uh, assume. I think he's a senior editor. Is Not it? that it matters in but. the context of what we're talking <laughs> yeah. about. Yeah, he does. But. He does very much like seem to just kind of run shit from an editorial perspective at android police and mm. knows boundless boundless amounts of information also, first pg-13 mobile syrup oh ah, yeah well <laughs> you know what i think people say that on daytime tv so I, i'm feeling you're I'm feeling okay good. I'm feeling so good anyway you met these wonderful people um, met these wonderful people um and so we set the scene it's in new york city mm-hmm. it's the dream downtown hotel 
Um, we start off at the, the penthouse level for cocktails. I mean, this is real swanky stuff. Qualcomm doesn't skimp mm-hmm. on providing its journalists with a beautiful experience. Um, and then we, then basically they, they give us the goods uh, the next day. We go they give you a physical Snapdragon 835 process? Did they, did they, they give did. you lots of chips? Was it just like chips it's 10 everywhere? nanometers. <laughs> there were a lot of chips, um, and they some of them did make David Ruddick feel very sick, which, Aww. yeah, because they Aww. were not that great. But, um, uh, yeah, so basically then they took us to this really fashionable area of the meatpacking district where all these uh, people were doing, like, photo shoots in the same building that we were in. Okay. And we kind of just trooped through, like, this this troop of true nerds, like, true nerds. And the fashion people were just looking at us, like, who, who let them in? <laughs> who let them in? Were they just recoiling and, like, hissing? Oh, yeah. my God. They were just giving us these little smirks, like, well, I guess this is how we pay the rent. Yeah. You know, but... um. Uh, and then, yeah, then they went over a, a bunch of new stuff, some of some uh, that cannot be revealed okay. and that will only be revealed later in the year. Um, but they did uh, announce the name, the Snapdragon 835, mm-hmm. and the fact that it's uh, for its first 10 nanometer chip. Um, right. So which, I think that was the kind of the interesting part of the yeah. announcement was that they're like, oh, We've barely been able to hold it in. This is our secret partner, <laughs> Samsung. And it's Ooh. like, I, I still love that every voice you make just has a British accent. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. matter who it is. Yeah. doesn't matter where they're from. Whether it's Guy Lawrence, they always have a British accent. Yes. Right. Yes. And there you're impersonating American Ben Sir of uh, Samsung. Yeah. Uh, and he was so Samsung did announce that they were going into mass production with the 10 nanometer chip or mm-hmm. like last month. Um, but they didn't announce who with, and I mean, surprise, surprise, I guess it's it's not really a big surprise. It's Qualcomm. It's interesting insofar that like, <clears throat> here's Samsung, you know, like in not a great place right now, mm-hmm. one would think, right? right and right. it's like, you know, Qualcomm's like, yes, this is the train we want to hop onto, <laughs> right? So one thing that I'm wondering, can you break down what 10 nanometer means? Yeah, so essentially it's um, it's all about size. Uh, so the previous technology node that uh, was 14 nanometers, that was the benchmark, and now they've managed to get it down to 10 nanometers. And I believe, it, yeah, it's every uh, few years um, there's, sort of, there's sort of an expectation that computer chips get smaller and smaller. And, mm-hmm. um, and so this essentially will free up more space in the device. Uh, that's one aspect of it. You might, you know, see uh, see smartphone makers be able to put in larger batteries or have slimmer designs, and then there are, there are a number of things uh, as well, just internal to the chip that you know it's twenty percent uh, faster. They mm-hmm. they say they stated that the gains are twenty percent. Um, so uh, and so there's a lot of like, yeah, basically it is just a, a size thing, but it, it is like kind of a new benchmark that they've made it to 10 nanometers so so i believe and i'm sure a reader will correct me if i'm wrong but when silicon chips get manufactured they kind of get manufactured on a wafer where you have like a bunch of chips on the same wafer right they like cut them down and then they cut them down (laughs) right i love Uh, that you called it a wafer is that that exactly what it's called it is called a wafer that's awesome um and if you think about it so um this is kind of more prevalent in um in graphics cards, in graphics cards, the kind of 
different like models of graphics cards will be printed on the I don't print is probably not the right word, but they'll be made onto the same wafer, right? Imprinted and the quality, or, yeah. The quality of the silicon varies depending on like what part of the wafer it is. So certain like you know, like in the case of the Snapdragon, only like the best part of the wafer oh, will be used for the 835. So that's like the 1060, uh, the NVIDIA 1060, yeah, so the com- 1070, and the 1080. It all comes from the same cookie, cookie. sheet. Cookie sheet, yeah. It's cut, it's cut in different spots. Yeah, yeah, and depending on the quality of the silicon, right? Because so much of silicon of microchip design is like, what is its uh, capability to withstand heat? Like, will it like... You know, and right. the, it needs to be really high quality silicon to kind of function at that. I see. Um, threshold of performance, right? So, anyway, yeah, this is a way more efficient manufacturing process. And and I also want to correct myself. It wasn't twenty percent, Professor. It was so. There's a thirty percent increase in area efficiency. So that mm-hmm. could lend itself either to higher performance or, or lower consumption. Did did mm-hmm. they say why they chose? Well, what is it? Eight thirty? Is that what the the number is? Eight thirty five rather than like eight twenty five or eight twenty two or? Not really. I, and I don't know. I mean. I may have something to say later on in the year, but I don't think I can really like divulge oh, okay, their reasoning um, at this point. Uh, but yeah, and and one of the funny things that that happened what, during that presentation was that um, the uh, Ben Su from Samsung uh, was complimenting Qualcomm on you know the advantages it had over its competitors which <laughs> when is they're Samsung, one of their yeah you know. Um, so it was, it's an interesting relationship, but they've had a long-standing partnership together. So, um, did they show any phones running the eight thirty-five? No, they did not. They're just like, look at this piece of technology. They, they <laughs> held it up to the camera. There is a picture on Mobile Syrup of them basically making this gesture, which is if you you're not watching the podcast, you're just listening to it. I'm just holding up my index Great. and my thumb figure. Amazing radio. So, yeah. So one of the things, like, so I'm really into VR. It's, like, one of the big tech things that it's excites me. Did they talk about how this chip is related to mobile VR in any way? Uh, again. Oh, it's another one really, of those things that yeah. you can't yeah. talk about. Yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, so one thing they did talk about was the quick charge, right? They did. So that was the other big announcement they made was quick charge for and that is, I mixed it up, but that's where you're going to see the 20% uh, gain in speed of charging. Mm-hmm. So they're saying five hours, or sorry, five minutes of charging could get you up to five hours of use. And they did say use, not standby. Um, so, but that, of course, you know, it's kind of a, you know, it would be a variable thing depending on how hard you're using your phone. Um, but that would be coming along with the Snapdragon 835, which is set to ship in commercial devices in the first half of 2017. So we should see it uh, fairly soon. And the other thing about the Quick Charge 4 uh, is that it's um, so it supports USB PD um, interoperability. So that was something that Google had recently called Qualcomm out about, um, saying you know, where we might uh, require that devices have that interoperability to not just support, you know, a proprietary fast charging solution, but also the standard fast charging solution, which is something that you wrote about. Um, (laughs) So people were, you know, wondering, like they were asking Qualcomm executives, like, how do you feel about that? But clearly, um, you know, they're they've 
they think they've got it figured out. They think that, you know, quick charge can exist within that environment. Although I did also get the vibe of why is Google messing in software stuff? Uh, or sorry, why is Google messing in hardware stuff when it's, you know, it's a software company? Sort of, you know, so stay I think, in your lane. So I think like... Um, this comes from a very important kind of context, which mm. is that there are certain like, there's a safety issue, right? Where you can plug in uh, a phone into a charger with a USB-C cable and your phone could light on fire, right? Just because like, y- yeah. like it's batteries, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, so I mean the whole like, this whole quick charging thing comes in the whole like inoperability or uh, cross, uh, inoperability I think is the right word. Excuse me. Inter, yeah, interoperability. Inter. Not, not a great morning no, so far. It's a but long anyway, word. yeah. So um, you have these. Um, it comes back to the whole Note Seven thing, right? Where it's like, what was at issue there? Right. This is one of the issues that some phones have seen. Like there was like when OnePlus, for instance, they had a quote unquote USB C cable, but it when you actually got to brass tacks, it wasn't right. Like there's, mm-hmm. this so, is, it's the same thing with the new MacBook too, yeah. right? Like the the cable that charges the new MacBook um, cannot be used as a display cable, right? Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things with USB-C is it's supposed to be this universal standard, but... It's far from that right it's now. It's far from that right now. Maybe it will be eventually. That's my dream, like, seriously, is to just have a cable yeah. that works for everything. And 100%. that's why I'm willing to adopt the dongle life to get to that point. But mm-hmm. right now, it's it's a mess, like a terrifying mess. Yeah. So yeah. this is, I think, a great step in the right direction. Um yeah, so anything else well, interesting I mean, so coming? The, yeah, and, and it should be noted that we we don't know what the note set what caused the note seven yes. to combust. And you know, people it's it, but it is, you know, Qualcomm did react to everybody's um fears because, you know, for the consumers, like for the public, uh, it, it has become quite an issue like where people are conflating, you know, quick charging with these explosions and so they they did assure that they like had put several more layers of like safety features in in terms of regulating currents for like for quick charging mm-hmm. um so that was another thing that they really focused on in their presentation mm-hmm. uh, just added levels of like safety and security features um for quick charging mm-hmm. but um yeah and then they did they did talk a lot about AR so uh, one cool thing was that they especially one executive tim leyland was saying uh he thinks that ar will subsume vr which is i think uh, an interesting topic that we've discussed before of you know what will win out or or will they coexist did he use the word mixed reality yes executives love mm-hmm. that word yeah oh yeah mixed several, reality several the future times. is mixed reality not ar or vr yeah mm-hmm. several times i heard well rose i mean you know the concept of mixed reality yes like, yeah I, I do know the concept <laughs> they're of not wrong reality. i just like i hate there's so many terms for these things and I, I just i just think that mixed reality makes things even more confusing um yeah dare i say but that's what corporate executives do though they're not supposed to clarify it's true it is it is they make things more confusing confusing. yeah but i'm interested to so basically their idea was um you know the the vr ar devices of the future will have to be mobile and they'll have to have six degrees of freedom so they'll have to have the sensors in the headset you gotta cut the cord cut the wires um and it'll be a mixture of AR and VR experiences. What are your thoughts, Mr. 
ARVR. Mr. ARVR. Yeah. I should just change that to my, my Twitter name, Mr. ARVR. Mr. Mr. Mobile. Now you can be Mr. <laughs> AR. Um, I mean, I've seen a lot of cool things in VR, and I've seen a lot of cool things um, in augment, augmented reality, and I, I do believe that some kind of convergence of the two is going to be the the broader way that like the average individual uses um, this sort of new technology. But uh, I mean, the other thing is like we haven't seen the utility for the average person to actually go pick up and buy one. Like I, yeah. we talked about daydream last week and like daydream's awesome. It's great. It's just unified, really, really dope platform, but there's no software on it. Right. Right. Um, and there's no reason for the average person to go really pick it up beyond checking out some locations in um, Google maps, like the, the historical locations and the, the landmarks. Uh, so I think it's all this VR stuff's cool and, it, and it's coming and it's going to be a thing, but I do believe that it's going to be a lot longer than the experts are predicting. Yeah, I mean, I was at AMD, uh, you know, which makes obviously the AMD chips, uh, graphics cards, and they were telling we're like we're only at the stage where we're enabling the technology. Like they they did some math for me. They showed me some math, and I was like, guys, I don't understand math. <laughs> yeah, totally. But, and, but they showed me the math, and I was like, whoa, now I get it. Right? Numbers. Like, yeah. So. Well, I mean, we have to remember that uh, Snapchat is augmented reality and pokemon go is augmented reality That's true. right yeah, you know, it, was, it was really interesting i was talking to one of the executives and at qualcomm and i was like pokemon go and he said mm, i wouldn't really call that augmented it reality. is uh, it is augmented it's reality really, in the simplest basest form yeah, exactly. it absolutely is and snapchat just released something new like it augments your environment, yeah. not just your face. So yeah. you can hold the camera up and see a little cloud shooting yeah. out, I mean, spinning out a rainbow. And I mean, Snapchat is an example of like, I, I hate Snapchat, as I, as I frequently <laughs> say. Um, but Snapchat's augmented reality technology is really good. It like, is. Like it's really advanced and it's really good. So Pokemon, much so that people don't even realize they're using exactly. it. Exactly. People yeah. don't realize that that's AR. Pokemon, on the other hand, like, I had a lot of fun with the game. I still think it's pretty good. They need to update it. That's a totally different podcast. Um, <laughs> but the AR technology in Pokemon isn't really that good. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the most basic of the basic. Like, mm-hmm. it just pastes the Pokemon on top of the real world. doesn't yep. take the real world into account in any way. Whereas what Snapchat does, it, like, scans your face, mm-hmm. turns you into a dog, yeah. like, all this crazy stuff. Yeah, and also, <laughs> I mean, have these executives ever used Snapchat on a phone? Like, it is like your phone starts to like it feels like it's about to melt oh, yeah no. right like because it know. is like one of the most demanding applications you can oh run my on God, it is. <laughs> yeah but i think yeah i think really like i guess this point was just you you don't know how far we can go sure um, so. definitely ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing Mint mobile unlimited premium wireless ready to get 30 30 ready to get 30 ready to get 20 20 20 ready to get 20 20 ready to get 15 15 15 15 just 15 bucks a month so give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promoting for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com I feel yeah, like the way it's looking right now, it seems like augmented reality will pave the way for virtual reality. AR will be what people do every day on their phones. But if you want to take the extra step, you yeah. will invest in virtual yeah. reality. That's just my speculation yeah. based on what's happened. Yeah, as for an evening in of entertainment. Yeah, yeah. it's more of an entertainment thing, whereas AR can kind of find its way into our communication the way it has, does, has done with Snapchat. So speaking of entertainment... 
there may be some more entertainment coming to Canada, courtesy of one Amazon. Oh, man. Um, so I, I still... Yeah. Unless there's something you want to touch upon. One more last thing on Qualcomm. Uh, Qualcomm just wants you to know that they make an audio codec. Uh, and it's built... <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, they really reinforced it. They were like, it's built into many phones, like most phones with the Snapdragon processors. And I think that was just because they got scared when people like LG uh, and the LG V20... Um, made their own got their own you know and and started like highlighting it and people responded to it and they were like hey we do this too so that's the last note from qualcomm for for the amazon thing yes, i mean please I, tell us all the conspiracy theories I, I hope that i'm right about it um i've heard some things from other people in the last couple of days that I, I likely am right but so the uh, what's his name from top gear i can't remember his uh, name jeremy I hate clarkson yeah jeremy clarkson Thanks. from top gear who got fired from Top Gear for punching a dude in the face. There's a new show coming out uh, called The the Tour. Yeah, Grand Tour. Uh, Grand, the Grand, the Grand yeah. Tour. It's coming to Amazon. He tweeted, uh, I guess it was Wednesday, uh, it doesn't really matter when, that uh, Amazon is going global. But he didn't specify that it was the Grand Tour. So yeah. I immediately reached out to Amazon and they gave me like a very corporate response saying that um, uh, the Grand Tour is going to be available in Canada. But that's all they said. Nothing about Amazon Prime Video going global. Nothing about it expanding in any way. Um, But if you read into like what Jeremy Clarkson said, it seems to indicate that that's quite possible. Right. And even that, even if not, it's a step towards that. Yeah. So the other thing too is like, why would you just launch one show? Why would you build out this infrastructure to... Grand Tour, man. (laughs) Okay. I know it's a big deal for a lot of people. I don't care about cars that aren't Teslas. Um, (laughs) So... I have watched it sometimes, uh, Top Gear, back back a couple of years ago. It is entertaining. Um, so it is a big deal. There's a huge audience, very wide audience. But I just don't see Amazon building up the infrastructure for one show. Right. Like, that's crazy. And there's yeah. also more layers to this, too. Um, like uh, Show Me, for instance, had a, a contract with Amazon to stream some of its originals. Show Me closes on the 30th. It shutters. It's gone. Mm-hmm. Show Me's done. And that was a, that is a, that was a big like holding up point is that you know Rogers and Bell that they have these they take these Canadian licenses to shows and uh, and then sort of hold them and that's why they made Show Me is because they yeah. were like well we have these licenses and, and we have this and most of these agreements that these companies sign they're two years long right um, per when they release this one uh, when this one was announced and when uh, stuff like Transparent started rolling out on on Show Me. Um, that agreement's likely going to expire. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the timing is perfect if perfect. it's going to happen. I mean, that probably doesn't have much to do with a global rollout, but maybe with a Canadian rollout. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and then again, I could be totally wrong. And it, maybe it's just the Grand Tour coming and that's what it's going to be. And Amazon still has no interest in, in launching in Canada. So um, the question I have, and I guess if Amazon and any of you, you can all chip in on this, um, if Amazon a Prime Video does come to Canada, you know what does that? How does that affect the landscape, the competitive landscape? Like, how does you know if you're an executive crave TV, are you like, mm, it's just got tougher to compete, right? Yeah, I think it's I think it's sad. I mean, it, it's sad in general that Show Me closed up shop, and I think Jean Pierre Blay of the CRTC agrees with me. We'll touch on that later, I guess. But you know, like. Why the thing with Show Me was like, why not at least try to make your own original content and compete in that field and offer something good and to release Canadians? a good app? 
I'm that was one of the biggest issues. Uh, I mean, Crave's doing that. They're doing like some original content. Yeah. Like, there's the Indian Detective coming out. They have Letter Kenny. Um, so I mean, I, I yeah. that that's yeah. awesome that they're doing that. I yeah. wish that's what Show Me did too, because it was at least as far as I was concerned, uh, it had the better app. It had a lot of content minus the HBO, which is what Crave TV has. Um, and now we're just gonna have another American company um, kind of owning content for Canadians and. Uh, selling it to us so it's not it's not a great step forward for canada i don't think i i mean the other thing too is, is like if a canadian company is not going to do it as a cord cutter i want more mm-hmm. platforms to subscribe to yeah so uh obviously it would have been great if show me stuck around and started doing its own original content but if an american company is going to come in um and offer canadians the content that they they want do it that's great i want i want another platform to watch watch stuff on because right now the only options, unless you do the crazy region switching stuff that I do, is uh, Netflix and Crave TV. Those are the only two official streaming broad. Like there's other small yeah. ones like Shutter, right? Uh, the like horror thing, yeah. Um, uh, AMC's horror thing, but the the only two big ones are Netflix and Crave. Well, I think that um, from the perspective of an individual consumer, it's obviously a good thing because as a consumer, I want more options for myself. And I want the best options wherever they come from. But from a cultural perspective and a national perspective, I think that Canada's already fairly insecure culturally in terms of producing our own Canadian content. And Canadians themselves are extremely uninterested <laughs> in anything that we have to produce just because we have this huge superpower, this entertainment superpower just below us that swallows up everything that we do, even and which is even more pronounced in the digital space, right? So individually, of course, it's a good thing. More platforms is always a good thing. But in terms of our cultural insecurity as a country, I don't know how good this is. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, we should. I don't think we should think that we could not make good content. But it, you know, that's certainly. If it's you not ask bad. any American, you know, they'll be like, I don't know if you guys are funny or not. And we're it's like, just reach. I I yeah. really think, and I think that when you have something as ingrained as Netflix right. and. Amazon and it's very difficult for Canadian companies to enter the game at such a late stage and actually well I mean forget surviving but actually compete with some of these huge names it's really brand recognition yeah but you know Rogers had the pockets to do that they could have they could have tried and I think that it's sad that they didn't I think yeah absolutely I mean well now's probably the perfect time to bring in our boy JP um JP um but I th- he speaks to it, right? In the sense that, like, he does. they saw a market where, <clears throat> I mean, why don't we just get JP? Does someone have the quote? Let me just bring it up right here. But, uh, yeah, so he he took to the stage. Um, he talked at IIC. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A uh, 20-minute speech full of just full-on sass, just serving attitude. He's gone full of yeah, I, I think the one quote that was the most fascinating was the one where he like basically said that the CRTC didn't intervene with Crave TV and Show Me, t- and Show Me, um, uh, Show Me in particular, but Rogers still bowed out. That's not really totally mm-hmm. true because they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, the CRTC made Rogers uh, and Shaw and Bell subsequently open up the platform to everybody. Yeah, and I think that was part of why Rogers ended up closing it because they were using Show Me as like this a- another insular way to keep customers in. Mm. Um, yeah. So that's not totally true, but he also is like, "You guys quit before you even started." Yeah, it's interesting. So he says, um, "Came as a shock to hear in September that Rogers and Shaw were closing the doors on Show Me. Far be it from me to." 
criticize the decisions taken by seasoned business people, but I can't help but be surprised when major players throw in the towel on a platform that is the future of content. Just two years after it launched, I have to wonder if they are too used to receiving rents from subscribers every month in a protected ecosystem rather than rolling up their sleeves in order to build a business without regulatory intervention and protection. Shots fired. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> so that, I think, was definitely the quote of the speech for me because um, that was, you know, not just uh, about show me, but also in general about how uh, how much Rogers Bellantelis need intervention on a regular basis from the CRTC and sort of makes it seem like they're just being babysat. And he talks a lot about how Canada is ahead of the United States in terms of uh, how many people in the country have access to broadband internet. Like, we're way ahead. Like, right. it's, mm -hmm. I can't remember, I don't know the specific percentages, but it's huge. So there's, like, ample opportunity to release a really awesome streaming platform, right, that can reach a huge number of Canadians. And also, like, you know, we have this false sense of how small we are in Canada, right? Like, I went... I remember when I was at Microsoft Build, I made friends, I was friends, or I met this uh, Finnish journalist. And I was saying like, yeah, you know, like the Canadian market is small, only 30 million people. And they're like, yeah, they're like, you should check out Finland, <laughs> much smaller market, right? And like, um, you know, and I'm like, yeah, like that kind of puts it in perspective, like 30 million, sure, it's not 300 million, you know, right. it's not the whatever billion that China is, but it's a market where you can scale something, right? Like it, you know, so if you're, you know, Rogers, whoever, Rogers, Bell, Shaw, doesn't matter. Any of them could have, had they launched a reasonably good product, they could have scaled it into something that makes them, uh, you know, that maybe is not the main portion of their revenue at the end of the day, but is a nice addition to it, right? But it was so, you know, since this is the PG-13 cast, so half-assed, right? Like... <laughs> Um, you know, so yeah. I'm not sorry for these corporations, these faceless corporations that are now like, you know, have, you know, their tail behind their back. Yeah. I think we always compare ourselves to our neighbor because the U S is right there. It's natural. But it's, yeah. it's almost, un it is unfair because they're in a different league, you know, they're mm -hmm. sort of, uh, they're the seat of Western culture at the moment. So like unfortunately yeah so so we you know we are quite a big and influential country but uh it's hard to see that often that we have the the opportunity the ability to to build the kind of innovation that they they build and you know from kind of a content production standpoint i think creative canadians we live in a country that is so there's so much opportunity and creative and smart canadians are always going to be like able to create something just look at like the music scene like for for how many years has the independent music scene in Canada punched above its weight limit? You know, like... Oh, yeah. So, if... And, yeah, and how sorry. many movies are filmed here, too, yeah, right? Exactly. Like, they're not necessarily considered Canadian productions, but they're filmed in, like, Toronto, Vancouver, Montreal, you know how what I mean? How many games are created here? That's an interesting right. point, actually, because Rogers, Bell, Talis, and, like, the companies behind uh, projects like Crave TV and Show Me have often described competing with Netflix, like competing with one arm tied behind their back. And specifically in a Globe and Mail piece that was published not too long ago about the CRTC uh, differential pricing hearing. And that's because they have to contribute to the Canadian Content Fund. Yeah. And as a result of that, 
what they call a limitation, they've often reduced what counts as Canadian content, and it's extremely diluted what the definition actually is. And I don't know if it's necessarily about trying to push a product and building it out and scaling it. It's about selling something to a group of people that doesn't that doesn't need it. Like they're not in need of this product. Mm-hmm. They don't need Crave TV. They don't need Show Me because they have well, Netflix yeah. and they have other services that okay. have been around and that they've learned to rely on. I need Amazon Prime Video. Yeah. <laughs> I need do it. I. I need it in my life. If you you're listening, Amazon tour. executives, we need Amazon Prime Video. I'm sure Jeff Bezos is like, well. Well, Patrick, Patrick said it. wants it. I hope he does. I hope he's listening right now. I'll just call him yeah. up on my phone, tell him to do it, launch yeah. it, he's, make it happen. He never you know, sleeps. He just listens to every podcast in the world. Oh, and you know what his response will be? He's like, you know what, Patrick? I'm going to put you on a spaceship and shoot you up to the sky. I'd be down with that, yeah. too. That'd be fun. <laughs> you can watch Prime in space because there's no content licensing deals there. That's true. Yeah. You won't have to deal <laughs> oh with the CRTC in space. There you go. This is Jeff Bezos' plan. It's the dream. So on that note, Shout out to my friends. Oh, well, I guess uh, my shout out goes to uh, Jean-Pierre Blaise's shout out. Uh, he shouted out our boy, Guy Lawrence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the dear, I, I was about to say the dearly departed, but that's really, that makes it sound like he passed away. He did not, but he left Rogers. He and, probably doesn't um, live in Canada anymore, so he may as well be dead at that point. I hope he still does live in Canada, and I hope he's making you know his own telecom maybe his own chill telecom yes. type solution oh we gotta check to in on chill behind. we gotta check in on see chill. what's going on with that we yeah. do so shout out also to chill telecom we'll see um just how close they are to uh, taking over the wireless scene here in canada yeah Alrighty. well my shout out goes to and i have a sneaking suspicion that i'm going to steal patrick's actually to uh drinkbox studios who won the best mobile title with cloudhead games uh, for <laughs> an award ceremony that we didn't realize was happening until yeah. it was already over. I so was, congratulations. I was, a, I was a day too late on the Canadian Video Game Awards. I don't, I don't know. It like flew under my radar this year. Totally. And I was like a judge for two categories, <laughs> which is even funnier. Um, but yeah, that, that's a dope shout out. That's a great game. Igor's played, played Love it. The, a ton of uh, Severed. I've almost finished it. I never finish games. I'm always very close to finishing them and then I give up. Um, but yeah, that's great. Severed's a great game. I thought about it ahead of time today. And cl- the other game you mentioned too, Cloudhead, uh, Cloudhead Games, uh, they're based on in Victoria, and their game. It's a VR game. The name's escaping me. Call the Starseed. It's the best, the best, hands down, the best VR game um, ever released. Wow, sweet. So my shout out goes to Bennett Piercy, <laughs> the Pokemon champion who I talked to yesterday. He is the 2015 U.S. national champion in the seniors division. Wow. He's 16 years old. That's, that is a senior. Yeah. That's, that's a senior. A senior, so senior in the world of uh, semi-pro Pokemon gaming. Um, but no, he, he's a really soft-spoken, fascinating kid who's sort of playing Pokemon professionally as a teenager. Wow. And it was interesting to hear uh, how the Pokemon pro scene has grown over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's Canadian. He's from Calgary. Uh, he talked a lot about how important local small-scale events are for for that sort of burgeoning uh, pro gaming league. Um, and it was, a, it was a great conversation. I'm going to be doing a, a story on it next week for Mobile Syrup. I'm so excited to see that. But how did he respond to allegations of doping? <laughs> so you joke, but there was like a ton of controversy um, in, I think it was Counter-Strike. 
pro gaming mm -hmm. related to teams taking Adderall to increase their focus. Yeah. And I don't know the specifics, and I'm sure someone will correct me, but there's certain leagues that actually do drug testing for specific yeah. types of drugs that would make sense, to actually. ensure that there, well, there's, there's no money on the line, right? Because right? yeah. there's tons of money on the line. That's not where Pokemon uh, Pro Gaming, if you want to call it that, is yet. Um, but according to him, it's on the way. Wow. Oh, my gosh. The future. On that note, the future is a very scary place. But hopefully the syrup cast made you kind of happy and content. So... Um, as for my shout out, I honestly don't have one today. So I'm sorry, guys. But plan thank you. ahead, Igor. Come I on. know. I'm sorry. Like <laughs> you told everyone to plan ahead and then you didn't have one. Wow. This is amazing. This is, that's awesome. I'll uh, never live this down. Uh, you know what? Fine. 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 My shout out goes to former uh, Mobile Syrup editor Daniel Bitter. Oli's a great friend and colleague. Aww. Dan. Oh, that's a good one. On that note, thank you for listening. Uh, we'll see you next week. Uh, please tell us if you like this new video format. Um, and if there's something you'd like to hear about or if you just have a comment, leave it. Make sure to like, subscribe. Smash. Don't hit the subscribe button again <laughs> if you've already subscribed because that's a no-no. But if you haven't, you got to smash that like button. Smash the like button. Uh, take it easy. Bye. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.